0: Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Thanks for coming along for the ride today. Congratulations are in order to a Kansas woman, uh, Sloane Stanley, 18 years of age, purchased her first lottery ticket just four days after turning 18, the legal limit of purchasing lottery tickets. And she won. It was a $5 purchase. For the Kansas Lottery Cash Cow Scratch-Off Ticket. She won $25,000. That's the top prize for that particular scratch-off game. And it was her very first lottery ticket. Congratulations to Sloan. <laughs> I want to be happy for her, of course. But the whole time, as I'm reading this story, all I can think of is the line from karate kid way back in 1984 mr miyagi and daniel you begin a luck i'm sorry what was that mr miyagi you begin a luck but congratulations to sloane stanley for winning 25 grand on her first ever Lottery scratch-off ticket. No, really, I mean it. I mean it. Congratulations. <laughs> Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So it's Monday for those of you listening live, the eighth of March 2021. Coming off a big weekend. I know we had a we've got a lot to talk about. Oh my gosh. We've got so much to get to today. But first, what'd you do this weekend? Did you just sit there and watch, say, Meghan and Harry or The Walking Dead and had what you thought was ice cream that you purchased from, you know, one of those regular stores and you thought, eh, it was okay. I mean, it was just okay. Well, I've got news for you. Uh, There's actual ice cream out there that is... that you will think to yourself, why have I been eating this store brand ice cream all these years? Brooker's Founding Flavors Ice Cream. You've got an ice cream you can love and to be proud to eat. Yes, I know, they're not, uh, you know, communists. They're just regular people that are proud to be Americans. Brooker's Founding Flavors Ice Cream delivers ice cream you'll love and with a historical twist now during the month of march you can try out the guns of boston flavor which has chunks of little debbie oatmeal ice cream pie in it (laughs) uh yes please and you know that flavor obviously celebrates evacuation day when the british were forced out of boston during the revolutionary war and of course we have St. Patrick's Day in March, so we have the ice cream, the magically delicious ice cream with mint Oreo cookies and cream, chocolate chip brownies, and the mints all blended into one lucky scoop of ice cream. <sighs> You'll find these flavors and many more on the Brooker's Founding Flavors Ice Cream website, brookersicecream.com. BrookersIceCream.com. Just go to the website, look at their ice cream flavors. It's amazing. You can click on the ship nationwide tab, and they'll deliver it right to your door. You've got Brooker's ice cream at your front door. I know, I know, I know. You're welcome. Uh, on behalf of Brooker's ice cream, of course. BrookersIceCream.com. Just click on that ship nationwide tab and you can order what ice cream you want. And, you know, it's so thick and creamy. It is nothing like you've ever had before. When you have Brooker's ice cream, you're going to say to yourself, oh my gosh. (laughs) And I said it before, why have I been eating this other stuff all my life? Because this ice cream will make you realize that you really shouldn't have been. You should have been eating Brooker's ice cream. Brookersicecream.com. Click on that ship nationwide tab, and they'll deliver it right to your door when you want it delivered. I know. I know. Sweet, sweet. Brookersicecream.com. Brookersicecream.com. So more congratulations are in order. Uh, Mackenzie Scott, the uh, former wife of Jeff Bezos. Uh, Just remarried. Uh, Congratulations. I guess she's happy. And I guess they acknowledged the marriage on the couple's webpage for the Giving Pledge, the philanthropic organization, which encourages the world's richest people to dedicate a majority of their wealth to charitable causes. Now, her new husband, Dan Jewett, a Seattle schoolteacher, I don't know if he's going to continue teaching school or not. It's possible. It is possible. But he claims that he's married to one of the most generous and kind people he knows, and joining her in a commitment to pass on an enormous financial wealth to serve others. I look forward to the growth and learning I have ahead as a part of this undertaking with Mackenzie. Yes, I bet it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> I yeah uh, living in Seattle with the four kids and husband Dan and I you know I guess Jeff is okay with the guy look they only have 53 billion dollars to uh, to worry about what they're giving away she uh, she is part of the giving pledge and she believes that she's gonna give it all away uh, before she you know ends it all that's what I love they're gonna give it all away not really um There's no way that, uh, you know, they're going to give all this away, but there's plenty in trust funds that, you know, the kids will be fine. And now a school teacher, Dan Jewett, man, that's not, that's living a good life. That's good. Living a good life. Congratulations to both of you. And I hope you're, you're happy forever. I know, um, that you've given away, uh, 4.2 billion to 384 organizations in December. I Know that your philanthropic plans have not changed and you're going to be thoughtful and take time and effort and care, and that you don't really want to wait. You want to, you know, keep at it until the safe is empty. <laughs> I know that's what you said. So I would like to offer, you know, a place for you to empty a little bit from the safe to make you feel better uh, about you know, getting rid of that, getting rid of that money that's just weighing you down. It's just weighing you down. So, Jeff Fisher is my name. Uh, Chewing the Fat is the show. And uh, you will, we're willing, the show and myself, are uh, willing to take a little of your, your, your gift from your giving pledge, from your safe to mine, Mackenzie. So, anything you want to, anything you want to give, like, I mean, I don't want to be greedy. I don't want, you know, billion. uh, You know, a few million. A few million. What are you going to... You're not even going to miss it. And you're going to feel better about yourself. So, I'm here for you. I'm here for you, Mackenzie. And you and new hubby can uh, feel better about yourself. And give a little bit to me. Is that too greedy? Now she wants to give it away and help, and I'm here to, I'm here to help her help herself. It is International Women's Day today too, so hello to all you women out there. And man, it's good to be you. I bet on today. Uh, you know, our president is going to sign executive orders, gender equity, and Title IX policies today because it is International Women's Day. So it's an important day, and I know you're all excited about it, especially the pastor. Who had his, uh, you know, sermon this weekend? A Missouri pastor, and he is now, you know, had taken a little leave of absence from his church. <laughs> I don't know why he took a leave of absence. So what? He told the wives of his congregation, he doesn't expect them to look like former first lady Melania Trump, who whom he called the epic trophy wife of all time, but you don't need to look like a butch either. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes. He preached to the First General Baptist Church in Malden, Missouri, about his views on the importance of having an attractive wife, telling women to practice weight control, warning them against wearing sweatpants too much, and not giving their husbands a reason to be looking around. All right. <laughs> he said he doesn't think women have the capacity or ability to understand how visual men are ladies. It's the way God made us. Now in his sermon, he's using uh, big screen effects that, uh, that is part of the show as well. And, uh, <laughs> it sparked a little bit of outrage from a lot of users. Misogynistic, offensive. And by Monday, uh, you know, last week the general Baptist, I said it was this Sunday, it was last Sunday. Uh, the General Baptist Ministries, uh, the National Organization for Clark's denomination, issued a statement saying that their council had met to address concerns from Clark's sermon <laughs> Those comments are not consistent. With the position and values of General Baptist, really, you're sure about that? General Baptists believe that every woman was created in the image of God, and they should be valued for that reason. Furthermore, we believe that all individuals, regardless of any other factors, are so loved by God and Christ. Are so loved by God that Christ died for them. I don't think he's saying that that's not true. He's just <laughs> saying that. Yeah, you were created uh, in the image of God, but, uh, you know, we don't need you looking like the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Uh, The first part, the video posted is like 22 minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole sermon, but I did enjoy the first little bit of it.
1: Then I want you to know a need that a man has that he won't ever tell you about, but since I'm the preacher man, I'll say it. Your man needs an attractive wife. Well, anybody else thinks about... Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Your man needs a, needs an attractive wife. Hockey player said? He said, I married a trophy wife, but now she looks like the Stanley Cup. You see what I'm talking about? That's what I'm talking about. All right? That's what I'm talking about. And, and ladies here, here's the thing you need to know about men. Don't give him a reason to be like this distracted boyfriend. You hear me? Don't give him a reason to be looking around. Hello? Don't do that. I've said this for a long time. I'll say it again. It's free, by the way. Is I really don't believe women understand how visual men are. I really don't. I don't think that I don't think I don't think it's in their capacity, their ability to understand how visual that men are. I really don't think women understand how important it is for a man to have a beautiful woman on his arm.
0: You notice not a lot of amens going on out in the audience. <laughs> it goes on for another twenty minutes. Wow! So uh, people are a little wound up, uh, a little upset at uh, the Reverend, and uh, you know the Reverend Stuart Allen Clark. Uh, is, uh, you know, on a leave of absence now from the First General Baptist Church. And uh, he may rethink some of his uh, preaching as it it goes on. So anyway, if you are a member of the First General Baptist Church in Malden, Missouri, I think you understand why a lot of you were a little upset. I'm sure the guys, uh, the men, were like, yeah, that's right. So what if we've got the beer belly of the the triple chins? So what? You need to be hot. (laughs) Hey, happy International Woman's Day. Okay? Happy International Woman's Day. (laughs) Makes me think of the the old joke about the husband and wife. And the wife really needs somebody to tell her something nice. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the... The joke where the husband and wife, the hubby is, you know, laying down on the bed and the wife is looking in the mirror and she sees that her, you know, arms are getting a little flabby and, you know, her backside's getting a little flabby and she's looking in the mirror and she tells her husband, man, I can't, I can't believe it. My arms, and my, my thighs. And I really need somebody to tell me something good about myself. And the husband says, well, at least you still got your eyesight. <laughs> You could use that if you want. Okay. All right. So where do we go? Do we go to, uh, you know, the three people that sat down and talked to each other last night that don't need last names, uh, Oprah, Harry, and Megan? Or do we talk a little Coming to America, which uh, which debuted this weekend on Amazon Prime, both, uh, both strong. Both strong. So, um, where should we begin? I guess we start with, you know, Megan, and Harry, and Oprah, look, Oprah paid. We've talked about it. Oprah paid about 8 million. I'm sorry. Got paid 8 million from CBS, her production company to broadcast the interview. And they, uh, they were getting about, uh, I don't know, 325,000 or so for a 30, 30 second spot during uh during the interview and uh man was it a whiny session it was a whiny session no doubt about that man um fascinating fascinating timeline during that interview and uh some of it i kind of believe most of it seemed like okay quit your whining I mean, I should just go through the whole interview and comment during the whole thing, but she talked about being suicidal. No one would help her. Oh, the royal family was racist against my baby. We talked about that here on this show. I'm sure they did, you know, somebody talked to Harry about whether, you know, how dark was the baby going to be? And he wouldn't say who talked to him about it. Huh. Huh. So we just left to our own devices to wonder who it was. And it took place in the neighborhood there in Montecito, according to Oprah, Harry, and Megan, but it wasn't any of their places. It was one of the neighbors. They took over one of the neighbors' houses and uh, looked beautiful, man. It <laughs> looked like a tough place to live. Um, no doubt about it, but then they ended up going to Harry and Heron, the back of Harry and Megan's place, uh, where the you know Archie's Chick Inn, where they kept the chickens. And Harry mentioned the dogs more than once. He loves those damn dogs. Like he felt like he loved the dogs more than Megan, but no, just joking, not really. But he mentioned he mentioned the dogs a couple times. He loves those dogs, and they showed you know Oprah and Megan and Harry and the chicken coop getting eggs. And, okay just like normal people they're just regular normal people in their security neighborhood and that's what they were most concerned about was the security which I don't really blame them um, you know of course you know Harry was wound up that they were pulling the security on him and that's what bothered him uh, the most what made him really mad is they were pulling the security and Megan even said I tried to tell him even if you pull the security on me don't pull it on Harry Uh, uh, He still needs it because of all the racist people that are threatening his life. I find it hard to believe. Now, it's possible, but I find it hard to believe. They, They really played the race card hard. Oprah seemed shocked that someone would mention that the child might be dark. Okay, really? Oh, all right. We got you. We got you. And then Harry talked about being trapped And you know You gotta be on your A game Well yeah That's the gig uh, We all know You know How Hard a job it is I guess You know I know, you know You're know. in the car You can be thinking about anything When you open the door You gotta be on your A game Yeah That's why you live in a castle That's why you make millions of dollars every year Okay Yeah that's right. And so he talked about how they were jealous of Megan after their Australia trip. And we said that we offered to move, they said. Before they moved to Canada, they offered to move. Yeah, we know that they were going to go to South Africa. But after they went there, uh, knew. They decided uh, <laughs> you are not living in South Africa. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. But we didn't delve into that too much. Uh, we talked about... Harry mentioned his father and his brother being trapped. Oh, yeah. And then he's he's had a great relationship with the Queen, but he doesn't really... You know, he and his dad don't talk as often. They're talking now, but for a while, Dad didn't even accept his calls. But now they're... You know, they do talk, but it's... You know, it's a different kind of talk. And the... The, uh, the relationship between Harry and william is space now yeah that space would be william's going to be king and you're not and they talked about titles for the kid and all of that and look the title thing he's always going to get a title anyway due to the bloodline right If, if you if you go down the bloodline for uh you know the king and great grandchild and great great grandchild that kind of thing of the queen and the bloodline who's going to get who's going to become king firstborn and the firstborn of the firstborn so uh archie's not in that line of succession i mean he's way down that line of succession so you know they talked about how he and then he was cut off completely and oprah was like what they cut you off completely and then he threw in... He threw in in the interview. Well, I had what my mom left me. Yeah, that was about... I don't know... 35, 40 million. So, you were okay. I know, you know, that you could blow through that 35 or 40 million pretty fast. Paying for, uh, you know, probably, what? A million dollars a year for security. Maybe. Maybe more. Depending on how much, you need, how much you're getting. If you're getting 24-hour security. Uh, I mean, that's at least a million a year. So... I get it, and they talked about how that was before the Netflix deal. Uh, you know, that was only they only got they're only getting about a hundred million for that. That's the deal with Spotify to make uh, you know podcasts and video casts under Archwell Audio banner. And uh, I know that Megan has her uh, Oak Milk Lattes blends that she's selling with clever blends, and so you know I, it's tough to feel sorry for them. It's real tough to feel sorry for him. And I wish, I wish they would have understood that. And I don't think they do. I think they, you know, they believe that people will feel sorry for them. And, uh, you know, then they announced the new baby. Uh, they were, they're so care. They so much care about privacy. They of course had to announce the new baby on, uh, uh, on the interview with Oprah. And it's going to be a little baby girl. And they're so happy. And it's just so wonderful. <laughs> okay. All right. And Megan said her biggest regret was believing the royals would protect her and Harry and the baby. And she made no mistakes. Other than failing to realize how bad. The, you know. Okay. Uh, and then she talked about, uh, oh my gosh, there's so much that she was whining about. She talked about never looking up Harry. She didn't know about the Royals. Are we to believe that she is going into a relationship with the Prince and she doesn't look them up and look up any stories and look any, look any of it up. And she talked about, uh, her mom. It just wasn't part of our life. My mom asked, I wonder if anybody's done an interview like this before. And I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, it's just not in our life. And then we had to look it up. And of course, it was Diana did. Yeah, that was part of the deal. And Harry was trying to say that he was seeing uh, history repeat itself with Meghan. And he didn't want that to happen. I mean, that's what the story is, right? If you're to believe that. And it's just... For those of you that don't care about the Royals, this is a perfect example of why you don't care about the Royals. I'll tell you that. Because that's a whining session. I'm sure, it felt like a whining session. And then they promoted. Oprah threw in a promotion out there. with uh, She's working with Harry on some other stuff that's going to be produced. And I don't know if that's through Archwell, if that's part of the Netflix deal, or if that's with through Oprah's company. Uh, I don't know. Oh, they're all they're all uh, interconnected now and they're all you know, milking the system for as much as they can. So congratulations. Good for them. Good for them. I mean, I know I can't I can't stop thinking about it now. I know that uh, you know Megan said the deal of uh, making Kate cry was a lie. It was Kate that made her cry. Wow. Okay, All right. She said that she felt like the Little Mermaid. She just happened to watch it. And she was like, oh my gosh, it's so much real life that she married the one she loved and lost her voice. But in the end, she got her voice back. So she said, uh, you know, fell in love with a prince and lost her voice. But in the end, she got her voice back and everything worked out perfectly. Even with all the you know colonial undertones of the of the royal family and the press coverage on them, but I think my favorite social media post from last night and for whether you enjoy the royals or you don't enjoy the royals, uh, I think it sums it up the best. And I don't know how the queen feels about this interview. I mean, I, I feel like they tried to not throw the queen under the bus. And he talked about having a great relationship with his grandmother and everything. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're okay with the queen. The rest of the firm, as they called it, the, you know, the business of the royals and uh, the inner workings. I mean, you just have no idea. You have no idea what you see on the outside and what's going on on the inside. You just have people just don't know. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it, Megan? Because a lot of people don't know because that's the way it works. See, it's like acting. Remember the actress that you are? It's like that. <laughs> a lot of people don't want to know the inner workings. We just want to see the the content. And that's what the Roy... I mean, never mind. I just, I can't. But anyway, my favorite tweet is from Craig Stone, who's a, a writer, and I, I believe he works for The Guardian as well. He writes for The Guardian. But his tweet is, I look forward to watching a billionaire question two millionaires on how hard it's been leaving billionaires to continue being millionaires. Thoughts and prayers to Harry and Meghan in this difficult time as they adapt to new staff and a new mansion. (laughs) Very funny. And they talked about the different houses they've lived in since they moved to California Tyler Perry let them live in his place with security and all, so they felt safe, and then they moved to Santa Barbara, and now they're up in Montecito. Uh, Good for them. Good for them. That's... I know. I know, I know, I know. It's way more than you wanted to know, but I could get into it a lot more. Man, it was just fascinating to hear them both whine and cover it like they weren't whining. It's just... Just amazing. All right, let's go to the break room. I desperately need something cold to drink. Oh, my goodness gracious. Did that sound good? Oh, and it tastes good too. That could be a new commercial for that company. You're welcome. Hey, reminder, if you're listening to this right now and you are not a subscriber to this show, please become a subscriber. It will turn your life around and make your life that much better knowing that you are a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. I know. Right now you're thinking to yourself, is that possible? The answer is yes. But you have to take the first step. You have to decide to become a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. Once you do that, then you realize you have the power. So you choose a platform that you choose. It's free. You can choose iTunes or iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, just to name a few. There's a plethora of other platforms out there for you to choose from. But you've made that first step toward making your life that much better. And that's where you want to be in your life. So subscribe to Chewing the Fat And turn your life around. I know. It sounds silly. But it isn't. Once you do that, then you'll realize that you need to subscribe to my Twitter, at JeffyJFR. You need to subscribe to my Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor Jeff Fisher Radio. And you need to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat. But first and foremost, subscribe to this show that you're listening to now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. This podcast will help turn your life around okay okay Uh, that's what i thought hey we congratulated Mackenzie for getting remarried again uh uh, let me congratulate nicholas cage for getting remarried again you know not the second time well not the third time well not the fourth time but the fifth time Uh, Nick got married uh, in Vegas and to his new 26 year old bride and congratulations to Nick he is uh, back in love again and gosh darn it there's just you know there's no there's nothing you can do when you fall in love you're just happy and you want to become a couple and that's exactly what the 56 year old actor and his 26 year old bride feel uh, as they got married last month and Now we're aware of it, and gosh darn it, there is just, well, it's just love, and congratulations. That's all there is to say. So before we get to uh, coming to America review, uh, a couple stories that uh, made me go, hmm, hmm, isn't that interesting? So all the people in Texas that got charged uh, extra for their electricity during the winter storm, you know, $16 billion total more in those electric bills. Yeah, uh, you're still going to have to pay the bill. Wow! So they were hoping to have those charges taken away, or at least reduced greatly. And the uh, commission said, uh, the Public Utility Commission you know, we're going to let those prices stand. Uh, You know, it might seem like retroactively reducing the charges would be good for consumers. Yeah, it might seem that way. Wouldn't you think so, Arthur D'Andrea, PUC chairman? But look, it reflects a simplistic view of how Texas Power Market works. So you're just too stupid to understand that you, uh, you're just, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. So we don't know who we're hurting and so we're not going to redo it oh okay so you've got one lady that uh, is suing uh she's got a class action suit against gritty the electric company uh, an electric company in the state and the texas attorney general ken paxton is suing the company for deceptive practices specifically for promising texans cheap wholesale prices when it knew that energy costs could increase during the high demand and that was kind of my argument with that is that it seemed like they were all happy, happy, happy when they were paying barely nothing because they were getting electricity for cheap. But part of the deal that they signed up for is when prices go up, you have to pay that too. Now, those prices were up for a lot longer than they should have been, and it was for a lot more than what had been talked about. I understand that. So and I I mean, if my bill was 10,000 bucks, good luck, God bless. Uh, they're saying that people are working out deals with the power companies. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are. Cause it's going to be a tough road to hoe. No matter. I mean, a lot of people were paying, uh, you know, their regular high winter rate is, you know, three, $400. And now you're talking about bills between, you know, six and $10,000. Um, uh, just so we're clear, that's a big jump. I know. I know, you can quote me on that. That's a big jump. So, I mean, I wish everyone the best, and I hope somebody steps in and helps them out that got uh, that got the high bills. But, man, that's tough to take. And they are looking like, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So, live with it. Then we had Amanda Gorman, you know, the poet laureate, uh, who last week was in the news because the white guy that was uh putting her poetry into uh Dutch or the Netherlands or you know that part of the world over there um just joking stop it and uh she he was too white I know he was he was uh pansexual I think I think he was pansexual. Anyway, he was just white and we can't have that. So we need a black person to do it. Well, on Friday, she said that she was racially profiled by a security guard. And I went, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what happened. Well, uh, she said she was walking home when a security guard demanded she proved she lives at her building because she looked suspicious. Now, I don't know if the security guard said she looked suspicious or if that's what Gorman thought happened. Okay. And she said that, hey, that's a reality for black girls, that they can be called an icon one day and a threat the next. I'll continue to fight for black Americans who deal with discrimination every single day. So I have this question to ask. Is it discrimination when you're walking into a guarded building and the guard says, hey, give me proof that you live here? Uh, I don't know who you are. I need to know if you live in this building, that's what I get paid for. That doesn't sound like discrimination to me. That sounds like a man doing his job or a woman doing his job. It doesn't say whether the security guard was a female or a male or what the security guard identified as. But it does appear that the security guard was white because she would believe. So she was racially profiled and she wouldn't have been racially profiled if it was a black security guard. Anyway, I, I find it hard to believe that you're racially profiled by a security guard that's guarding your building to make sure that nobody comes into your building that doesn't live there or isn't on the list of visitors. So... That doesn't sound like you were racially profiled. You're just pissed that the security guard didn't know who you were. Uh, that's not being racially profiled. Okay? <laughs> okay. Good. I'm glad we've got that cleared up a little bit. <laughs> and then I saw... <laughs> I saw where a Rottweiler was trying to culturally appropriate being a wolf at the Chinese zoo. I know. Right? Right? Even dogs are trying to identify as something else, can't they? So I guess people at this zoo in China were all wound up because there was a Rottweiler in the wolf enclosure. (laughs) And uh, there was a video that went viral that talked about someone saying, Woof, are you a wolf? But uh, I guess the wolf that was there had died. And they just put the dog in there because they didn't know what to do with the dog. But they didn't close up the wolf enclosure or the walkway to the wolf enclosure. So people were still coming up and looking into where the wolf was supposed to be. And it was the dog. (laughs) That's awesome. I wish wish that would happen to me at the zoo. That would be awesome. So sorry to those of you people that thought you were going to see a wolf. But. The Rottweiler was just there because he needed a place to stay. All right, Coming to America. Coming, the number two, America, the second installment of Coming to America. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was enjoyable. We knew going in that, you know, you're not going to... You're not going to win from number one, no matter what. I know it's been 30 years. We talked about it. It's just, you're not going to beat that classic. You're just not. I felt that it was... It was funny. There were some funny parts. And you can talk about all the wokeness. But the first one was all wokeness for the time, too. And it showed, you know, stereotypes. It played the whole stereotype thing. So... You know, it's in thirty years later. You're talking about new stereotypes, and that those stereotypes are part of the wokeness crowd, right? So that's what you get. So it was interesting uh, the way that they did it. Loved seeing all the back characters, all the old characters showing up, uh, and you just knew that there was they were all great characters that had to be part of the new show. No question. And I really enjoyed it. It was well, you know, I sat through it. Uh, I didn't ever want to stop it and not finish watching it. I smiled almost all the way through. I laughed at a few scenes. Uh, I mean, we can, you know, get into, you know, an actual scene by scene thing, maybe someday. But, uh, you know, it's well worth the watch. And if you've never seen one, then two don't worry about it. You're not going to get any of it. Is it worth watching? Is it a standalone? <sighs> yeah, but you won't get most of it because so much of it is a throwback to number one and what happened. So, you know, if you saw it, uh, you know, if it's running somewhere and you sat down, obviously it's just on Amazon Prime now. But, you know, in the future, if you don't have Prime or you're not going to go out of your way to watch it, if it's on television, on, on some network, uh, will, you, will you watch it and get it if you haven't seen one? I mean, you're probably going to think you're, you're going to realize that you're missing a lot while you're watching it because there's so much throwback to the old one, which makes it that's what made it enjoyable. So, I thought it was a good job. I thought I enjoyed it. There were, you know, I I smiled all the way through it. The wokeness, I'm okay with that. It's part of the movie. It's part of the deal. And, you know, it was made in these times, right? So, you go back to the first one. It was made in those times. And you still get funny. And you still get the characters that were great. So, it... It was worth it. It was worth watching it. it was a, I thought it was a good job. I don't know how you do it any better in today's world. Uh, I really don't. I don't know how you do it any better. And for those of you that are talking about uh, it makes... Uh, I saw one review talking about how uh, this makes the original movie darker or the joke darker of trying to pick a good girl. Um, no, it doesn't. That was the whole point behind the darkness of women in bars are out partying and they're not the ones you want to marry. And I'm sorry that uh, you're, you know, you think it's slut-shaming and sexism, but that's that's been a thought for a long time. Well, I mean, more than 30 years, right? And that's just the way it is. And it didn't mean anything because that's what they thought back then. And yet today, times, you know, the mother... Has turned into a decent person. So it's okay. That shows that people evolve. Is just insane to me. That uh, you know how it worked out. And I loved you know. The, I loved seeing some of the newer characters. The only one I thought might show up. Is uh, Beyonce. The Queen. Uh, but uh, the Queen Bee. But uh, she didn't show up. But uh, Gladys Knight was there. It was really good to see. It was fun. And uh, it was fun to see, you know, uh, Wesley Snipes, Eddie Murphy, Tracy Morgan. Um, you just go down the list. And, and Leslie Jones, who I'm not a huge fan of, but I thought she did a great job. It was funny. So just enjoy. It's, you, we go in with the thought that it's not going to be as good as one and just enjoy it because I thought they did a really good job in today's world with the throwbacks and with the new storyline. So just get over it and enjoy it. Okay. That's my review. Get over it and enjoy it. And you can enjoy the new guidelines from the CDC. For those of you that have been vaccinated, and I mean, fully vaccinated, both doses You have to have at least a couple weeks under your belt from the second vaccination. Um, The CDC has said, they've recommended that uh, vaccinated people can come together in the same way in a single household. Wait, you can come indoors without wearing a mask or social distancing? Yes, around other vaccinated people. Oh. Oh okay. Now they can, uh, with, and you can go into a single household with people considered at low risk for severe disease, such in the case of other vaccinated grandparents, visiting healthy children and grandchildren. Isn't that special? You can visit your grandkids now that you're vaccinated. If you have not been sick and your grandchildren have not been sick and your children have not been sick, and yet you have not seen your children or grandchildren. That's a huge mistake. That's a huge mistake. But I digress. Uh, just there's new guidelines from the CDC. And they still recommend that fully vaccinated people wear fitted masks, avoid large gatherings, and physically distance themselves from others when out in public. They advise the vaccinated people to get tested if they develop symptoms. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Now we've got uh 31 million Americans or only about 9% of the US population have been fully vaccinated with and I love this I love this line of the story with uh, a federally authorized COVID-19 vaccine. Really? So you can be fully vaccinated with something that wasn't federally authorized and you still you still think you're good? <laughs> okay, no problem. Thank you. We got it. Anyway, it's uh you know it's incredible that uh we have to be told this i know that there was another study that i read this weekend that talked about people who wear go out in public they find where was it oh yeah study finds mask mandates dining out influence virus spread okay really you think so I don't know that. Of course we know that. But the point was, is that it's so small. And if people still follow some basic rules of hand washing and not breathe, you know, not just follow some basic common sense rules, we get to decide what those are. And we were already deciding that a year ago when they decided oh, we'll just lock it down we'll tell people they can't go anywhere and uh we're just gonna do that forever oh okay no problem let's do that we could do that for 15 days it's been a long 15 days hasn't it <laughs> yes it has yes it has oh and don't forget today the trial starts i know and i'm just calling it the trial candidates for the jury go to Hennepin County Courthouse in Minneapolis. You know, the George Floyd killing trial with Derek Chauvin. Uh, Jury going to be picked, or attempt to be picked. They've already submitted a questionnaire detailing their knowledge about the case and their views on things like policing and Black Lives Matter movement, but they'll face more questions from lawyers until 12 jurors and four alternates are selected. Opening arguments are scheduled to begin the 29th of march 2021 and they're talking about dozens if not hundreds of witnesses over the course of four weeks wow so if he is found guilty he faces a maximum of 40 years in prison um i don't even know if that's going to be enough i mean they've barricaded the courthouse and they've boarded up businesses and they've got police and national guard there but i mean all eyes are on minneapolis now And the three other officers charged in the death of George Floyd, that trial is supposed to start in August. So we'll see what happens after Derek Chauvin's trial. I mean, if this man is found not guilty... (sighs) Oh, boy. I don't think... I mean, Minneapolis is going to be, a. you know what? On the day that <laughs> the jury decides the fate of Derek Chauvin, you don't want to be in Minneapolis and you can quote me on that. And since it's national women's day, I wanted to leave you with a little bit more from pastor Stuart Allen Clark from the first general Baptist church in Malden, Missouri from his, uh, his sermon just a little while ago. And remember, now he's taken a leave of absence from his church amid the backlash from this, from this sermon. But I think it's important that we hear what he had to say and, you know, how important it really was, especially on National Women's Day.
1: The chase is over. Hey, that's where you're on. The chase ain't never over. The chase ain't never over. And by God, He don't love me the way I look now. He ought to look at his own spare tire in the mirror. Now look, I'm not saying every woman can be the epic, the epic trophy wife of all time, like Melania Trump. I'm not saying that at all. Now most women can't be trophy wives, but you you know, like her, maybe you're maybe a participation trophy. I don't know, but all I can say is. Not everybody looks like that. Amen. Not everybody looks like that. But but you don't need to look like a butch either.
0: (laughs) It's a surprise that he's taking a leave of absence. Happy National Women's Day.